The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 22nd College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now the Banditos' fresh-made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. On November 26, 2016, the Notre Dame football team walked off the field of the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. 45 to 27 losers to arch rival Southern Cal. Mercifully, a 4 8 season had come to an end, and the dreams of many an Irish fan were in shambles. Notre Dame Nation was shell shocked, and the Notre Dame football program, just four years after having played for a national championship, was in disarray. Many fans wanted Brian Kelly fired. Despite significant pressure, athletic director Jack Swarbrick stood by his coach but ordered up changes. An eight-and-a-half-hour postseason meeting between coach and boss outlined a plan, and Brian Kelly got to working on a dream. Gut-wrenching decisions were made as longtime assistants had to move on as the staff was overhauled. Fresh blood and fresh ideas, including offensive, defensive, and special teams coordinators, came on board. Nutrition, psychology, technology, facilities, no aspect of the program was left untouched. In all, 17 new staff members were hired. Kelly hired a new strength and conditioning coach, gave up play calling duties, and resolved to connect with his players in the locker room, at meals, and on the sidelines. Kelly became less the CEO and offensive coordinator and more the head coach. And Brian Kelly took up yoga. During that offseason, the first tangible evidence of change came in the form of social media posts from the players. New strength coach Scott Bayless installed a new program and discipline, and before long, body by Bayless, along with before and after photos of players, became an Instagram sensation. The results looked impressive. As 2017 finally rolled around, progress on the field was obvious. Come November, 33 trucking, Josh Adams, Brandon Wimbush, and an offensive line led by two future NFL top 10 picks was rolling and the Irish reached number three in the polls. But when 33 trucking rolled into South Florida in mid-November, a Saturday night matchup in front of a hostile crowd against a fired-up Miami team turned into a rout. The Irish learned a hard lesson that night, one that would make them better later and work on the dream moved forward. New Year's Day in the Citrus Bowl presented an opportunity against a very good LSU team. Brandon Wimbush was ineffective as the Irish offense sputtered early in that game, but the defense was doing their job. With two minutes left in the first half, the game was a 0-0 tie. Notre Dame had the ball at their own 20-yard line. Enter Ian Book. Book led the Irish to points before the half and then threw the game winner for 55 yards out to Miles Boykin late in the game to seal a victory. The Irish finished their rebuild year in style at 10-3. Soon thereafter, a few staff changes happened, and most importantly, the heart of the ND defense, Tillery, Coney, and Tranquil all decided to put off the NFL for one more year of working on a dream. During the build-up to the 2018 season, the buzz was about the addition of Navy transfer Aloe Gilman to play safety and depth and pass rushing athleticism on the defensive line. The Irish continued piecing together their dream as the work continued. After the spring game, Brian Kelly announced that Brandon Wimbush would remain the starter, 
but that Wimbush and Ian Book were 1A and 1B. And having learned a lesson at Miami in 2017, Brian Kelly talked about the edge, as in don't ever lose your edge. Oh, and beat Michigan in the season opener. With Wimbush at quarterback, Notre Dame did beat Michigan, and things were on track for a shot at a dream-fulfilling season. But lackluster offensive performance and wins over Ball State and Vanderbilt kept Brian Kelly working, and he came up with a gutsy call to bench his 13-3 as a starting quarterback, Brandon Wimbush, and against Wake Forest, enter again, this time for good, Ian Book. And suddenly, the dream came into focus. With Book running the offensive show and the addition of Dexter Williams a week later, the Irish offense exploded, and that made a full-of-stars defense even better. Notre Dame had balance on offense, was full of weapons on defense, and the Irish rolled to 12-0 in the college football playoff. The remake that Brian Kelly started after the 2016 season has been impressive, and that process was validated with Brian Kelly being named National Coach of the Year last week. And now it's simple math. One win plus one more win would equal the 12th national championship in Notre Dame's storied football history. And Brian Kelly will have worked the shambles of 2016 into a 2018 dream. Banditos with four Fort Wayne locations, a Boyd, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, Star Bank, and Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I've found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. 
Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Coors Light, established in 1978 and born in the Rockies, where the only thing more refreshing than your current adventure is what's next. It's why Coors Light is lagered cold for a lighter, crisper taste. Filtered cold to ensure brilliance, clarity, and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve nothing less than the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light. 2018 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Star Bank is an Indiana-based community bank known for delivering quality service for the past 75 years. Whether you want to visit one of our convenient locations from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday or bank electronically, Star is a full-service financial institution where you can bank wherever you are. Stop by a branch or visit starfinancial.com to switch to Star today. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. So Tim Priester, 1988, 2012, 2018. What is it like covering a national championship contender? I know personally it is a lot of work, but has it been fun? Is it more fun to cover a winner like this? No doubt about it because the whole world's watching, and uh, I think that makes it more fun. I think this is an excellent matchup. Uh, you and I have talked about it. I think the the 12.5-point spread I think is – a little bit out of whack. I think it's closer than that. But, uh, you know, Clemson's been here. This is their sixth playoff game for the senior class and the fifth-year seniors. And, and that that's the one thing that Notre Dame can't simulate. That's the one thing that Notre Dame can't control. They can game plan against Clemson and and, and things along that line. Uh, along that line. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a heck of a lot more fun. The whole world's watching, and, and that's why we do this. And as as journalists, and I, I now count myself in that group since I started working with you in the, back in the 90s, uh, you, you, you look at it differently, but I think there's actually a little more pressure on you as a journalist. But the coverage on irishillustrated.com uh, from you, Tim, and your colleagues has been extraordinary. And if anyone out there wants to know everything about Notre Dame football, just go to irishillustrated.com. The coverage is as thorough as it is entertaining. It is the best in the business. Now, Tim, since we last spoke, a lot of things have happened, not the least of which was the USC victory. And let's put an exclamation point on that game. Tim, the Irish are big favorites going in, but had to come roaring back from a 10-point deficit to score 24 straight to get the win. Now, I was impressed by how focused USC came out and played, especially early on. What surprised you about that game? Well, I, I had Notre Dame by 14, and it looked like it was going to be that until Tyler Rollins made a great catch uh, at the end of the game. I, I mean, I give USC and Clay Helton a lot of credit. They were, they were focused, as you said. They had an excellent game plan in terms of how they were going to approach Notre Dame offensively, uh, in particular. Uh, defensively, they were they were very aggressive, which is a Clancy Pendergast trait as defensive coordinator. But I was impressed with Notre Dame's 
patience on both sides of the football, both coordinators, uh, knowing that eventually USC would make the mistakes necessary for Notre Dame to win. Penalties, turnovers, that was an, those were earmarks of USC all season. And Notre Dame didn't panic. I know a lot of people were uh, upset about the, the short passing game that the defense allowed, but what are you, what are you going to do? I mean, I, you know, Notre Dame's not a press defense per se. And uh, any defensive coordinator will tell you that the that the, the the underneath passing game and the short passing game is not going to beat you. The deep ball is the big play is, and USC had that capability. Clemson has that capability too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was impressed on both sides, but in the end, Notre Dame's patience paid off. Uh, I think the one unexpected thing, in my view, was that just USC played a really good game. They didn't phone that in, even though they really weren't playing for much in the game. And uh, JT Daniels, 37 to 51 for 349. Uh, he's a player, and the Irish are going to see him more in the future. Uh, so the USC win was filed the next day with the expected bid to the college football playoff. Uh, the matchup with Clemson, of course, uh, big debate then about Ohio State, Central Florida, expansion to eight. Uh, that's all in the past. Uh, but one thing I did want to talk about before we get into more detail on the game was the Echoes program, Notre Dame's awards event. Ian Book takes home the MVP. Tim, I can't argue with that, but I thought Drew Tranquil would win it and maybe should have won it. What were your thoughts? I was surprised. That was the, the one award that I thought was a bit surprising. I didn't think the players would vote a, a, a true junior to the award. Mm-hmm. And I thought Drew Tranquil, we all thought Drew Tranquil would, would win the award. But they do like to, I mean, I know that one's different. That's MVP. They do like to spread the awards around to the to the upperclassmen. But that's how the players voted. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's difficult to, to completely argue it. I, I don't think... Uh, I'm sitting in Dallas right now for December 29th playoff game. If Ian Book doesn't come in at quarterback, so I man, I, I give the, the players credit for voting with their hearts. Um, certainly, Drew Tranquil. I mean, is a is a once in a, a once in a generation type player in terms of commitment and recovery and all those things. But Ian Book deserved it as well. He did, but I think it just goes to show you how important and how much emphasis goes on the quarterback. He truly is the leader of the team, and he's the reason Notre Dame's in the CFP. Now, and speaking of Ian Book, I'd like to compare Ian Book a little bit to that Clemson quarterback, uh, some guy named Lawrence, I don't know, Trevor Lawrence, I guess. Uh, Some similarities, uh, they both were not the starters at the beginning of the season. Book took over the offense, as everyone knows, in Week 4. Uh, Lawrence in week five, and both have led their teams to undefeated seasons. Lawrence is a lot bigger than Book. Lawrence is six foot six. Ian Book is six feet tall. Uh, compare these two guys as far as skill set a little, Tim. Well, I think it's comparable in that you know Ian Book, I think has proven over the the, the season, except for a couple deep balls that deep balls that he's missed, maybe more than a couple that that he can make all the throws. He's a very very good college quarterback. I think. Trevor Lawrence's upside on, on the next level is greater, largely because of that size. And he was kind of born and bred uh, to be a five-star quarterback, and possibly end up being the number one pick in the in the uh, NFL draft here in a couple of years. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're both very, very productive college quarterbacks. I think Ian Book certainly can hold his own in in this matchup. Uh, but long term, I mean, I think everybody because he's six foot five, six foot six, 
Trevor Lawrence is, is going to have a, a, a jump start when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, you can't coach six foot six, as they say. Now, they're both very accurate. Uh, book with a little bit of an edge, though, 70% in his passing percentage, uh, 65 for Lawrence. Uh, I would point towards the rushing skills of the two, and I think Book is maybe a little more uh, adept at that. 250 yards rushing for him to Lawrence is 144, but they can both move when they need to. But one other thing about Ian Book, Tim, and I want you to comment on this. We all know about the injuries that he went through this season, the, the, the rib issue that he suffered against Northwestern. How limited was he during those last two games due to that rib injury? And I point out that he rushed for just 16 yards in each of those last two games. Pretty limited. I mean, he, he had a minimum of one broken rib and, may, and maybe a couple. Um, but, I, I mean, he certainly didn't play it like that or, or played in the fashion that he was trying to protect himself. I think the best example was that third, I believe it was third and 11, that he ran for the first down against USC. And it was, it was a critical score as Nordin was chasing points. So I give him a lot of credit. I mean, he played with a lot of courage. He never, ever used it as an excuse, even in the aftermath of the USC win, he didn't, he didn't play it up at all. In fact, he downplayed it quite a bit. So give the guy a lot of credit. Now he, he, he was given an opportunity and he was not going to relinquish it um, beginning with week four. And, and that carried through the regular season, even with a broken rib. And I think that 16 uh, yards rushing, while it says a lot, when they had to have the first down, he was willing to put his head down and he did that. But the good news is, with a month of bowl preparation, he should be healthy. Uh, also on the subject of quarterbacks, Tim, word came out that Brandon Wimbush will take his graduate fifth-year option and transfer. Any surprise? Uh, none at all. Uh, you know, I mean, he'll get his degree, and that's the main thing. And it gives him the option. There's really no reason for him to stay any further, uh, any longer at Notre Dame. Phil um, Jerkovic is the... The heir apparent to Ian Book, when Ian Book decides to move on, we, we kind of think that, you know, just the normal process and evolution of Ian Book, he, he will probably, he has two years of eligibility. And I would think that all things being equal, and if he has a healthy year in 2019, that that um, that he'll leave at, at that point because he will have been, uh, will have accomplished everything he can in the, in the college game. But uh you know, I don't know exactly where Brandon Wimbush will, will go, um, but I think it's the right thing for him to do if he wants to continue playing college football. It was no su- surprise to, I don't think, anyone. And the good thing about Wimbush is, by all accounts, he has been a great teammate, handled his demotion with class, and uh, we truly wish him well. Uh, Tim, one of the benefits of bowl prep uh, is time off, and I would contend that no one this side of Drew Tranquil and Ian Book, for that matter, will benefit more than Jafar Armstrong. I think in the bowl game, he could be a difference-making weapon that really wasn't available to to the Irish uh, for the second half of the season. Uh, Timmy's been through a lot, but what does a healthy Jafar Armstrong bring to the Irish? I think it's potentially very, very significant. We saw briefly a, a couple of occasions during the regular season when he was healthy, and Dexter Williams was back in the lineup that uh, Chip Long liked using those two together. There were two specific games. I can't tell you right now exactly which games they were, but there was a sequence where both were in the game, and it opened up a different avenue for Notre Dame. Uh, and it's it's something really that Chip Long wanted to do last year with Tony Jones Jr. and and Josh Adams, but Jones Jr. was was injured a good portion of that time. So uh, 
I think potentially it's huge. I, I think it's something that they might be able to expose with Clemson because much like USC, they really want to get upfield, and that opens up some avenues with uh, some swing passes. And Tony Jones Jr. is very good at it, but Jafar Armstrong is a former receiver. And I think they can do some things with him, not only in swing passes, but down the field where Clemson's a bit vulnerable with matchups with linebackers and safeties. So I think it could potentially be very significant. I would imagine at some point in this game we're going to see a two-back um, alignment that Chip Long will will try to exploit. Yeah, and that's got to worry Clemson, no doubt about it. Uh, Armstrong, uh, wide receiver skills out of the backfield. You love that. I also like that Dexter Williams uh, emerged a bit as a pass receiver against USC. He had five catches in that USC game. Uh, Tim, I also wanted to feature a position, uh, another position on the team, and that's the safety position. Aloe Gilman, Jalen Elliott, and the new safeties coach, Terry Joseph. How much credit does Terry Joseph deserve for turning this safety position into a Notre Dame strength? Uh, you know, I think quite a bit. I, I mean, he's a guy that you, when, you, when you put a guy at a position that was as flat-out bad as it was last year, especially Jalen Elliott, I mean, maybe with the normal evolution of a guy playing, you know, starting 13 games, he, he uh, you would expect him to develop, but not, not to the extent that he has, um, you know, just on his own, just from playing experience. Terry Joseph is a, is a guy that, that preaches, um, you know, confidence, and moving past a bad play, they don't dwell on bad plays. It sounds simple, and every coach should probably do it if it's if it's really simple. But that that's the way he coaches. And and then you throw Lohi Gilman back there, who's never had a shortage of confidence. And I think that in particular has rubbed off on Jalen Elliott as well. So I think I think you, first and foremost, you give the credit to the two guys that have emerged, but certainly Terry Joseph has pulled that all together. Yeah, he has, and it's almost like the perfect storm bringing that Gilman's personality into the equation, and the the uh, transformation in Jalen Elliott has been remarkable since last season. Uh, Tim, uh, moving on to the bowl game. All right, you've been to 27 bowl games that you've covered. I think you, you told me before the show that you've been to more than that, 33. You've been to seven out of eight Cotton Bowls. Uh, what's the atmosphere in Dallas like compared to other big games you've attended? You know, the comedy, I, I go back to a, a, a kid, uh, a 10-year-old, a, a, attending a, a Cotton Bowl when Notre Dame ended a 30-game winning streak of Texas. But, I, I, you know, I've always felt like the Cotton Bowl, it's one of the oldest bowls. Uh, it, it, it's big time. It's professional. Um I was surprised years back when the when the Cotton Bowl was kind of phased out of the the, the top bowls, and now because of the playoff system, it's it's included again. And I think it's it's certainly worthy. What do they say about Dallas? Everything's big in Texas, and and this is a huge bowl. They've always run it professionally. I, I date back to um, in in my career the the '87 Cotton Bowl, and it's always been fantastic coming here. And, now that it's at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, uh, the home of the Dallas Cowboys, that spaceship that they built out there, that is, it's incomparable. There's nothing that you can compare it to. I, I, everything's big in Texas, and uh, that includes the stadium that they'll be playing in on Saturday. Yeah, 100,000 fans in Jerry's world. I just can't wait. Uh, of course, I'll be joining you down there uh, shortly. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Star Bank. This is the 324th edition of 
Fighting Irish Preview. Shine the light into my room. Oh, I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom. If it shine a little light into my room, all I want is some sunshine, sunshine. Shining through these windows of mine, and I want it to be easy, easy. Choices, Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushies. Your clear choice is Bushies. Listen to that crowd roar. Art, the Aspen Mortgage Team has just hit the field and the crowd has gone crazy. Phil, why does this crowd love Aspen so much? Well, Art, with more than 20 years in the mortgage business, Aspen is a dynasty. And with all that experience, these crafty veterans can personalize a mortgage for each customer's financial situation. So you always get the best loan program and interest rate. And the Aspen Mortgage Team plays with a lot of class. What do you mean? Well, friendly personal service you can trust. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. And Art, they'll go into overtime by working the weekends. And they aren't afraid to go on the road they make house calls phil i can see why the aspen mortgage team is so popular wait what's the crowd chanting now it's the aspen phone number for all your mortgage needs 486 loan is the number to remember or visit them on the web at aspenmortgageco.com aspen mortgage a proud supporter of notre dame football The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by Star Bank. With over 40 Indiana locations, Star is your local full-service bank. It has been 30 years since the last Notre Dame National Championship. Since their first in 1924, this is the longest drought in program history. Star Bank is celebrating its 75th anniversary, and Star is here to serve you 7 to 7, Monday through Saturday. Visit a Star branch to switch to Star today. Member FDIC. Coors Light, established in 1978 and born in the Rockies, where the only thing more refreshing than your current adventure is what's next. It's why Coors Light is lagered cold for a lighter, crisper taste. Filtered cold to ensure brilliance, clarity, and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve nothing less than the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light. 2018 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Selling or buying a house? In the real estate game, it's results that matter. And in Fort Wayne, Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley has built a reputation as a realtor you can trust to achieve the best results. And he'll do it with a friendly personal touch. So put Dan's years of experience to work. Call Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley at 312-1479. Or visit him on the web at danschneiderhomes.com. That's Dan Schneider at 312-1479. Your call for real estate results. At Star Bank, we offer checking, savings, mortgage, small business, commercial banking, private banking, and wealth management. 
as well as insurance products to help Hoosiers reach their financial goals. Plus, with online banking and our mobile banking app, you can enjoy the convenience of banking wherever you are. Stop by a Star branch today to switch to Star. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Howe. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The Irish play Clemson in the CFP semifinal in AT&T Stadium down in Dallas this week. Kickoff on ESPN is at 4.10 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Crisscraft, Mastercraft, Vanquish Runabouts, and J.C. Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And today we continue our great quarterbacks of the last 60 years series. Through 12 weeks, here's who we have. John Hewitt, Terry Hanratty, Joe Theismann, Tom Clements, Joe Montana, Steve Bureline, Tony Rice, Rick Meyer, Kevin McDougal, Ron Paulus, Brady Quinn, Jimmy Clausen, and on the last show, Tommy Reese. All great names, and we're now getting pretty close to the present time. So, Tim, here's another guy that you and I have covered together. Deshaun Kaiser came to the Irish out of Toledo, Ohio in 2014. He was rated the ninth-best dual-threat quarterback in the nation after throwing and rushing for 73 touchdowns as a three-year high school starter. The 6'4", 235-pound Kaiser redshirted as a freshman and then started 2015 as the backup to Malik Zaire. And when Zaire went down with an injury in his second game against Virginia, Kaiser took over and in storybook fashion rallied the Irish to a comfort-behind victory with just 12 seconds remaining when he threw a 39-yard touchdown pass to Will Fuller. Kaiser went on to lead the Irish to a 10-3 record that year with 2,900 yards passing, 21 touchdown passes, and another 520 yards and 10 scores on the ground. In 2016, he posted similar numbers after fighting off a quarterback controversy with the returning Malik Zaire. But unfortunately, the bottom line was a disaster for the Irish in the win-loss column. Kaiser declared early for the NFL draft and was taken in the second round by the Cleveland Browns and now backs up Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Tim, good size, strong-armed, accurate passer, and he could run. Only a two-year ND career. Kind of makes me wonder what might have happened if he had played one more year. Yeah, there shouldn't have been a quarterback controversy in 2016. He should have been the starter, and I think that that kind of set a tone. In fact, Drew Tranquil said down here in Dallas that that decision was not a good one, and the, the locker room was divided by it. But, you know, he was... What he did in 2015, I mean, he was better than I anticipated. I I didn't think that he would be that good of a a quarterback. And, he, you know, he really kind of struggled in that Virginia game until he hit that big pass. But he got better and better after that. Uh, Loved the guy for the confidence that he carried into games, Uh, the confidence that grew with each passing game with him. Really a a guy that totally maximized his ability and became a, a, a worthy candidate for your list of Notre Dame great quarterbacks. No doubt about it. Uh, Kaiser set the Notre Dame season record for those 10 rushing TDs uh, by a quarterback in 2015, a record which was broken by Brandon Winbush uh, in 2017 when he ran for 14. Deshaun Kaiser, another Marina at Lake Age all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Age, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. Tim Clemson is 13-0. 
In the ACC championship game against common opponent Pittsburgh, they rolled 42-10. to They have had two close calls this year. In Week 2, they won at Texas A&M 28-26. And in Week 5, they defeated common opponent Syracuse 27-23. Their other 10 games have been won by an average of 40.6 points. And 10 of their opponents are in bowl games. Talk about a balanced team. Clemson has the fourth-ranked defense and fifth-ranked offense. On offense, the Tigers are left by freshman quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who took over in Game 5 and never looked back. 65% completion rate, 2,600 yards, 24 TDs, just four interceptions. Already, as a freshman, he is rated as the best NFL quarterback prospect in the country. Lawrence spreads the ball to a bunch of receivers. 6'4 sophomore T. Higgins has 10 touchdowns. 6'4 freshman Justin Ross, who averages uh, an impressive 20.6 yards per catch. Former walk-on Hunter Renfro has 43 catches, also a return specialist. And Amari Rogers has 47 catches. They are deep at receiver. Sophomore running back Travis Ntn, not real big at 5'10", 200 pounds, but his numbers are very big. 1,463 yards, good for 8.3 yards per carry and 21 touchdowns. And they have depth at running back. Freshman Lynn J. Dixon has contributed 536 and 5 touchdowns and a 9.6-yard average. Senior Adam Choice has scored 7 times, and former starter Tavion Feaster has scored 6 times. Tim, one area that pops out for me when looking at Clemson's offense is long TDs. The stat sheet shows eight Tiger touchdown runs of more than 50 yards and eight touchdown catches of more than 50 yards. Big plays and lots of them. On the other side of the ball, veteran defensive coordinator Brett Venables is so emotional on the sidelines that another coach is assigned to keep him off the field during games. Something to watch. And all season long, it has started up front for the Tigers with two guys in the middle, six foot four, three fifteen, Christian Wilkins, who might be the best football player in the country, and the now suspended and barring something last minute to get him back in the game, six foot four, three hundred and fifty pound Dexter Lawrence, a former four star recruit, sophomore Niles Pinkey, figures to be called on to pick up the slack for the loss of Lawrence. Those guys combined with ends Cleon Farrell and Austin Bryant have been so good that they free up a solid linebacking core to focus on responsibilities other than pass rushing. Their corners are outstanding, including junior Travion Mullen, who is most likely headed to the NFL after the season. That said, Clemson's safeties might be vulnerable. In Game 12, the Tigers did give up 510 yards passing and five touchdown passes to South Carolina. But the Tiger D is among the stingiest in the red zone. They get a lot of sacks. They're really good on third and fourth down. And they only give up 13.7 points per game, good for second best in the nation. Finally, Tim, as a team, the Tigers have lots of playoff experience. They've been to four straight, amassing an overall 3-2 and two record, and won it all in 2016. Rarely, Tim, have I analyzed an opponent like I do and just say, wow, but wow. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? They are very, very, very good. And I've had some people say, well, you know, they haven't played anybody this year. Well, they've played 57 games in the last four years, and the seniors are 53 and four. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, in a lot of, in a lot of respects, Notre Dame's schedule is a little bit easier than we thought with teams like Virginia Tech and Navy and Florida State being down. But 
I'm going to give you the oldest cliche in the book, but Notre Dame doesn't have a chance if they don't stop, uh, you know, Feaster and ETN. That's where it all starts. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is not going to be as good like most quarterbacks if it's third and 12 or third and eight or third and seven. It has to start with stopping the running game, and that's the dilemma because they can beat you, as you mentioned, the big plays. They can do it in the running game. They can do it in the passing game. But if ETN is and, and Feaster combine for – you know, if they're a pro, their average is 260 a game. If they're approaching 180, 200, and I hate to put a specific number because a lot of times it's a big run here or there, and the total doesn't matter. But it starts there. If Notre Dame doesn't stop the run, long day at AT&T Stadium. Okay, stop the run, and uh, that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. Safety play, I'm going to guess, is going to be really big in trying to accomplish that. Aloe Gilman and Jalen Elliott. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, I probably talked too much about him in segment one, but I think it's Jafar Armstrong. I think that that's, that's the one trump card that Notre Dame can pull out that Clemson can't really have any preparation for, other than, as I mentioned, a couple sequences in, in two games where they used the two backs. So I think Jafar Armstrong, who's healthy, says he says he's completely healthy. I think he's a guy that can... Give them a spark in an area that it, it, that Notre Dame hasn't been able to consistently count on over the previous twelve games. Okay, Jafar Armstrong, a wide receiver playing running back, think that, and he is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage for all your mortgage needs. Call four eight six loan. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 19 Northern Indiana locations. Uh, Tim, how do the Irish stand health-wise after a month off heading into the playoffs? The hardest injury report of the season to give because they haven't played a game recently. and This isn't something that Brian Kelly or his coaching staff would, would volunteer. So, I can't say that we know that for sure. I know that a backup offensive lineman by the name of Dylan Gibbons broke his foot in preparation for this game, but Dylan Gibbons wasn't going to play a significant role. And guys like Tranquil and and Coney and and Armstrong, uh, barring any setbacks in the last few weeks, those guys should be much healthier heading into this game. Myron Tagliavoa Amosa, is he going to play? I I wouldn't expect him to be a guy that's going to get 20 or 25 snaps. I think he's a guy that can get – 10 or 12, it's also a game, such a big game, that you don't want to take Jerry Tillery off the field a whole lot. So I think he'll be there to supplement things, uh, again, unless he suffered a setback that we're not aware of. But, um, you know, I, I think we're going to see the best of NTA in 2019. Okay, but he can help against that uh, running attack. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Vegas has Clemson favored by 12.5 points over the Irish. What does America's foremost authority say? The, the over-under on this game has gone from 55 to 56. I, I, think it's, I think the defenses are going to step forward here and be pretty formidable. So I, I look at it as a lower scoring game which plays to Notre Dame's favor if it if it goes too far over 56 that doesn't play to Notre Dame's favor because of the uh, the, the great offense and the incredible balance that that Clemson has shown I, I certainly think that Notre Dame's capable of winning this football game I don't think that this is like 
six years ago. And if we're talking again next week, <laughs> we might be in a similar situation. Uh, although this is a better team than, than the 2012 team, which we've talked about in previous weeks. But I think it's close. I, I have a real difficult time as uh, somebody that does this for a living to pick against a Clemson team that's playing its sixth playoff game. I think Notre Dame is going to be right there. I'm going to go with Clemson 27, Notre Dame 23. 27 to 23 in favor of the Clemson Tigers. And that is Tim Priester's world famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Uh, Tim, of course, I'm going to predict a Notre Dame win. I just get that out of out of the way right away. Uh, and here's my winning scenario: the Irish continue playing the excellent pass defense that they have all season, and they tackle really, really well to to slow down that running game. Uh, and on offense, Ian Book distributes the ball, executes some drives. They limit the Clemson offensive opportunities by controlling the clock a little bit. Notre Dame 34, Clemson 30. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.